Did you grow up with the belief that the world was a hostile place and that you needed your family for protection? Did the elders in your life view themselves as protectors and the job of parenting and mentoring was to make you strong enough to survive outside the family? Or did you grow up in a family that saw the world as a good place, filled with exciting things and people who, although they might act bad from time to time, were in their hearts good people? Did your parents and mentors view their role as nurturing you, blowing on your spark, with the belief that if you found your true self, you would do just fine in the world. How many of you grew up thinking of the world as hostile? How many as benign? Somewhere in the middle? Did your parents' politics reflect that view of the world? Do yours? As Unitarian Universalists, we are, in principle, open to all political points of view. But let's take a look at our seven principles. The inherent worth and dignity of every person. That doesn't leave much room for evil out there in the world or children being born bad. Justice, equity, and compassion in human relations. Not much here about being strong, self-disciplined, and competitive. Acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth in our congregations. Nothing here about good and bad people. A free and responsible search for truth and meaning. Note, not right or wrong. Right of conscience, conscience and democratic process. Note again, not right or wrong. World community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. This explicitly negates the idea of competition and the existence of good and bad people. Finally, respect for the interdependent web of all existence. This is a bit hard to reconcile with competition not to mention the existence of evil. It's clear that our principles are in alignment with a nurturant view of the world and rather difficult to reconcile with this strict father model. Let's look at what one conservative writer has to say about new age religions. Despite our hundreds of years of history, you use your front and center in this category. Texan Mars, in Dark Secrets of the New Age, writes, Saturday morning cartoons are almost predominantly New Age-oriented with definite overtones of sorcery, witchcraft, and Satanism. And later, speaking of mantras, what the New Ager is doing by chanting these unholy words is putting himself into a vulnerable state at the same time that demons are invited to appear and do their horrible work. And again, the leaders of the New Age world religions are Satan's generals and admirals. In con concert with their demon advisors, these men and women have drawn up their battle plan. 
Sounds like the world is a dangerous place and there's evil out there. Well, these statements, which I assure you are representative of the entire 260 page book, may seem sick, paranoid and extreme. An hour with Google will find many similar uh, sentiments today. What strikes me about these writings is the eagerness, the spoiling for a fight nature of the verbiage. This is not an analytical analysis of a religious movement. It's a call to arms. Onward, Christian soldiers. We must protect ourselves against this evil. Bring them on. Another thing that strikes me is the almost total lack of anything concrete that needs to be done. Despite the militaristic tone, it's almost pacifistic when it comes to action. We should just all accept Christ as our savior, that's all, then everything will be fine. It's easy to see how people carrying a lot of anger and hostility can be inflamed by this kind of writing. And the writers themselves may have even had some unconscious motivation for their tone and style. But although I expected every time I turned the page to come upon a call to burn the witches, it never came. Mars' last paragraph is, that's why I encourage Christians to reach out to New Agers in love and to counteract this heresy with all the spiritual weapons that Jesus so richly provides us, including prayer, reading God's holy word, Christian example, and most important of all, faith. I could worship with someone who kept to that. The fear of evil and even the fear of the Lord is clear in these writings and it fits Lakoff's model perfectly. What's less clear is the role of fear in the liberal psyche. If liberals are taught empathy and responsibility from an early age, then losing empathy is painful and gives rise to fear. It isn't right and we don't feel comfortable. So strongly prejudiced people or fanatics of any stripe make us uncomfortable, angry, and often afraid. Bigots scare us. Narrow-minded fanatics terrify us. Our empathetic tools for dealing with people don't work, and we're at a loss. So this leads us to ask, to transform the world, what kind of transforming of ourselves and each other are most effective? I think the historical record is mixed. Despite massive freedom marches and some stirring words, the real action in the civil rights movement took place in a handful of court cases. Perhaps not entirely unrelated, but the connection is tenuous. Massive protests against the Vietnam, the Vietnam War led to little change. Only defeat finally caused a change. On the other hand, the Berlin Wall falling, the Argentine grandmothers, the Velvet Revolution, all happened because a lot of ordinary people just said no. What is the role of sit-ins, the gay pride parade, marches on Washington, Black Lives Matter? When do they help? When do they hurt? And what's really going on when real change happens? Transforming ourselves is a virtue. We can always get better. 
When it comes to transforming each other, not to mention the world, we're on a slippery slope. As a first step, we need to understand those we are changing. And perhaps with this understanding, continue to transform ourselves as well as each other and the world. For me, as I sat with the ideas, I began to become more aware of the fear behind the conservative points of view. I can even pity those who were treated so badly as children that they turned from sweet babies into paranoid truth-blind idiots. We can feel pity for a rabid dog while still protecting ourselves from it. And although it's uncomfortable to realize it, liberals also carry a burden of fear. This has been especially true for the last two years. It's hard for anyone to think clearly when they're afraid, especially if they're repressing it. Becoming aware of and exploring our fears can be an important step towards transforming ourselves, each other, and the world.